You may have heard of us, but you might not know Bank First is a community bank that has no fee ATM access, interest and perks earning checking accounts. With online and mobile banking, mortgages for every stage of life, and modern business banking for businesses, small and big. We keep it all together to put you first. Do you bank with us? You should. Bank First is an equal housing lender and a member of FDIC. Well, welcome to Sunday Coffee. I'm Bart Gregory along with Charlie Winfield. We're in the Farm Bureau studios here on this Sunday morning. Bulldogs win yesterday 7-3 to over Arkansas. And the Farm Bureau, go with the home team at Farm Bureau. Check them out at favorhdeck.com. They have agents all across the state of Mississippi. I saw my Farm Bureau agent at a high school football game on Friday night. That's what sets them apart. They're embedded in your community, in all the communities across the state of Mississippi. Home life, auto, whatever you need. Go see your friends at Farm Bureau. Charlie, I'll say this. I would rather win ugly than lose pretty. And we got a win on the road in the SEC last night. And, um, hey, I, you know, people were, you know, on social media and I'm beginning to get to where I really want to just throw out my phone. But uh, they were reminiscing back to the 3-2 to two game in 2008 when we uh, lost to Auburn. But I thought last night or yesterday was very similar to what we saw in Gainesville in 2010 when we won 10-7 to down in Florida. And here's the thing I remember about that 2010 game. 13 years later, we won. Well, we did win. Now, we weren't playing Urban Meyer and the Florida Gators yesterday, so we'll have to take <laughs> that into account, right? But I think you're right. I think that's the better comparison because it was very clear to me that what we decided to do was – you kind of think of even going back to Jackie. You know, Jackie's strategy used to be punt and play defense, right? And that's what we were doing yesterday. And I was seeing some people – and I understand why, because in today's world, you're thinking you got to go for it on fourth, got to go for it. But Arkansas only got the ball in our possession – on our end of the field in a possession three times. One of those, they started there. Yeah, we gave it to them on the first drive. The other was later in the ball game when they weren't able to kick the field goal because of the delay game penalty. And then the other, they got to our 48 to end the game. And so I actually thought, and if you saw us actually try to go for it on fourth down once, my biggest fear that us going for it on fourth and one from any spot on the field saved the last field goal. I want to come back to that one in a little bit. But I thought you had a chance of being the Ed Orgeron Right, I where, too. where you go and then you give them a short field and, and things kind of snowball on you. So I didn't have as much problem as some people did with the game plan, although I certainly understand people who do. I think if I were to have an issue is I'm kind of one of these guys, you always go for it or you never go for it. Yeah. You know, you got to play the odds. But I think that Florida game is probably the best comparison. I think back to some of the Jackie Sherrill games where we punted a lot and played a lot of defense. I don't know – where Arkansas goes from here, man. Boy, they um, – boy, howdy. And they're not alone. I think we're, we're starting to see it, – it feels like um, – so when I was a kid, and, you know, back in the early days of video games, right? But if it didn't start the way I wanted it – I stopped. I stopped and hit reset. You know, if I lost the first game in Madden, even in college, right, I wasn't finishing the season. You know, we're going we're to hit reset. And it almost feels like across college football right now, there's going to be a dearth of teams in the middle. 
And what I mean by that is the teams who are winning are going to keep winning. But I swear to you, I think we are seeing teams say, I'm done. And what, that, you wonder what money has to do with that. Yeah, um, I was I was going to go there about Arkansas. And first and foremost, I think we have to give us some credit and the way our defense played in that game yesterday. And going back to your point, I think we're going to circle back to this. To me, that's the positive about right now where we are. Are we an offensive machine? No. Are we a defensive machine? No. Now, I will say I think we did a good job in the last couple weeks, whatever we did. Now, Arkansas fits our style on defense more than South Carolina does. That's true. But I'll, I'll say this, a lot of the people, you know, who were saying, man, we played terrible, we're awful, we played terrible. What I'd say to that is some, yeah, but then l- let's take it apart and let's look at it in phases. You got offense, you got defense, you got special teams. Special teams wasn't terribly good yesterday. It's almost like we're, you know. In it's the, like we were kicking lead balls out there. Well, I was going to say, <laughs> what, I, what I said was, and I, I told my dad this, you know, when you're in the field in a tractor, sometimes you put water in the tractor tires, just, you know, you, where they won't spin as much, kind of weight the tires down. It was almost like we were, punt, we were punting footballs that had water in them yesterday. <laughs> a little, little water log. <laughs> I could see that. Um, and then, obviously, you missed the field goal at the end. So, special teams, you can't grade terribly high yesterday. Although, with eight punts, maybe the legs got tired. I don't know. So, you, you had a lot going against you. Offense, look, it was, it was not good, right? I mean, when you had Woody Marks in there, it was better uh, because you had the ability to run it. You feel better about offense if you don't get the blindside block, right? Because right. Because you have a long touchdown run call back. But the defense was outstanding. And I get it, you weren't, you know, playing the Tom Brady Patriots on the other side, right? But K.J. Jefferson's a good football player. I couldn't tell how much he wanted to be there yesterday. Well, that's um, – and just by going back, and I, I watched you know some of the postgame stuff from our friends at Arkansas, and and I got on the uh, some of the message boards last night, the Arkansas message boards, and, man, that was, that was some, good, some good stuff, let me tell you. But uh, it kind of goes back to your point of – the one thing you have to say about us is we've had some frustrating moments this year, and we did not play well defensively in some games, did not play well offensively in some games, but we hadn't quit. And that's the one thing you have to say about yesterday is you don't play that well on defense when you have guys in the locker room who are pointing a bunch of fingers. I think yesterday we played, you know, especially on the defensive side, which is crazy to say, man, because we've had so many struggles. But I looked at Arkansas yesterday, and, uh, you know, hey, they brought a lot of guys in in the transfer portal on the defensive side of the ball. And if I'm playing well on the defensive side, Arkansas is a much different team this year on the defense than they were last year. Last year their offense was great and their defense was terrible. This year their defense is good and their offense is terrible. Some of that may be scheme. I don't know. But let me tell you this. They did not give the appearance to me of a team that is synced in the locker room, especially in the second half, because their offense didn't look like they really wanted to be there at all. Now, our offense wasn't good yesterday either, but their offense yesterday, as bad as it was, theirs was even worse. Yeah. Because think about it. The only points they got were a field goal. That we gave them. That we gave them. That, that was a loss taking the field goal there. 
Yes. I mean, I thought that was a huge win for us forcing yeah, the being field. a loss for their offense. Right. right. It was a huge win for us is, you know, getting that field goal. But um, – and you kind of wonder, too, if you give up points right there. You know, he's rolling right, has a guy open in the end zone, right there at the front of the end zone, throws it behind him or skips it to him. If that's a touchdown there, how's the day? And it was almost like when they didn't score there, their offense spiraled it. Now, I will say this, too. I'm all over the place this morning. There are two people that I want to meet. All right? There are two guys that I want to hire. I would love to hire. One is, and they're both agents. We talk about today's world of college sports and about getting agents. I want to find the agent for Mark Jones, who has continued to have a job at ESPN for as long as he has, and to be as that bad of a broadcaster. Two, whoever Dan Enos's agent is, that dude got $1.1 million, has gotten fired just about everywhere he's ever been, and he comes in to be the offensive coordinator, and what he has done to that offense in K.J. Jefferson is absolutely amazing. So, anyway, I'm, I'm looking for both of those agents this morning. Well, they're talented. They're talented agents. What they've done with K.J. Jefferson is malpractice. It, it's, it's not good. And, you, and can, you could see, how many times did you see him get up yesterday and you could see, like, just get me. You see him roll his eyes? Yeah. He was rolling his eyes in the first half. Like, here, here we go again. Um, hey, and, you know, we did some things, too. I've always said, ultimately, it comes down to defensively, can you win up front? Yesterday, Nathan Pickering was good. Crumity was good. But, you know, like our linebackers did a much better job of getting home yesterday. Buki had a couple of sacks. Jet was around the quarterback. And then you know where we brought – we brought pressure from the secondary a lot. Okay, so they asked the question of Sam Pittman after the game, did Mississippi State do anything differently? And he said, no, nah, not really. You know, it was more about us and what we did. And, you know, they were on their twist schemes, and we did. We ran a lot of twist schemes in the middle. But you know what we did different yesterday? Because after watching us play all season long, we got pressure from the outside. We haven't gotten pressure from the outside all season long. And you mentioned bringing Ellington bringing Sean Preston. We got the secondary more involved in the blitz package. Blitz we brought Dickham once, and he had a sack. Yeah, I mean, we got pressure from the outside. That's the one they didn't like because Dickham basically got there and just grabbed hold, and they blew the play dead <laughs> as, as Jefferson's pulling away from it. Um, but I think – so let's start half full. Actually, I'm not – this is full full. Our defense played a dang good football game yesterday. And as ugly as the score is, as ugly as all those things are, that should not detract from what they did. I said yesterday, if you go and look, this is an Arkansas team that has had success offensively. So on in the SEC, okay, so we go on the road, hold them to three points. Here's what Arkansas had done previously offensively. 31 against LSU, 22 against A&M, 20 against Mississippi, 21 against Alabama. Now, is scoring 20 and 21 going to, you know, wake up the fan base? No, of course not. But we held this team to 200 yards of offense. Well, and, yeah, that's – so which makes you think, it makes you wonder where they go from here after six losses. Because I thought in the second half they were so frustrated in the first half. What, we, what was it like – 11 combined possessions in the first half. They had a field goal. We had one touchdown drive. Everything else was a punt. 
<laughs> I mean, you know, it was it was brutal. Now they've got a week off, and you know, man, going into a week off the way that they played. You know what would scare me to death if I was Sam Pittman right now is giving guys any time off and letting them leave town. I'd be yeah. worried how many are coming back. Then you play at Florida, who's not great, but, hey, going down there and winning. Then you play Auburn, which should be an epic offensive showcase. They'll, they'll beat Florida International, and then they play Missouri, man. In Missouri, Missouri ain't played nobody. I mean, they ain't played nobody. Well, let's talk about that a minute because yesterday they played South Carolina. So, well, Boy, the there's a game you'd love a do-over. Yeah, I would love to have South Carolina right now because, okay, light, there's another point. Before I get to that point, I'm drinking. You talking about being half full and full full this morning? You have to drink after watching that game. I am or did drink- you mean something else? I am drinking Strange Brew Blueberry Cobbler Flavored Coffee this morning, and it is fantastic. And it tastes even better when you win. Strange Brew Coffee House. Go to strangebrewcoffeehouse.com, and you can order the pods. You can order the ground coffee, and they'll ship it to you. They've got the mugs. It was packed. Hey, we had an off weekend this weekend. It was packed this morning. Spring Street and Highway 12 here in Starkville. They're also in Tupelo, Brupolo, and then in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. Turn and spoon ice cream here in Starkville. But start your day the right way, the champion way, the winner way, like I did this morning at Strange Brew Coffee House. All right, South Carolina. South Carolina has been going through some, uh, let's say, some down times. Shane kicked something a couple weeks ago, and they lose to Florida. Now, all of a sudden, they go to Missouri and don't even show up yesterday. They get beat 34-12. to 12. They're down 24-3 to 3 at the half, and they're 2-5 and five now and 1-4 and four in the league at ones against us. And you just kind of wonder, going forward, where they are. They play at A&M next. All right? That's next week. The difference in the way, and I'm not being a Zach Arnett apologist here at all, but people, and he probably went too far with it early in the year, saying, hey, this is our fault. This is our problem. This is our, you know, we didn't coach it as well as we should have. He never deflected blame to players. And because players talk when they get in the locker room. Now, I mean, did we may have we may have had some scheme issues too. He may be a little bit right, but he never blamed players publicly. And I like Shane a lot. Uh, like Shane a lot at South Carolina as a person. But he just kind of started throwing some players under the bus. And he did it last week against Florida. And now all of a sudden you go on the road and you play Missouri you wonder what that locker room's like right now. Two different ways you handle it. And I think, you know, you brought up a good point before we got here today. You're going to have to coach things completely different in today's world than you did in years past. And you just kind of wonder the the old school approach of, uh, you know, Zach Arnett, you know, stop, stop, starts right here and it ends right here. But when you start blaming players a little bit, especially in today's world, as you said, players going home and getting people in their ear – you wonder what that does to locker room. Well, you, you you know, there used to be some element of of a team who was struggling, taking some pride in trying to get to six and six. And now it's almost like, you know, we don't care. Um, and, and the fan base has seemed to be that way a lot too. You know, it's either we win nine or two, nine or we don't care kind of thing. So, and they hear that when they go home. 
Um, think about know. how many years under Dan, you know, if we got to this point right now that we're four and three, that we're counting wins. You know, we're four and three, one and three in the league. I, you know you've got a really good chance against Southern Miss because, I mean, that's another story for another day. I mean, that looks like a, a team and a program that's kind of laying down here with Will here at the end of the year. And so, okay, we're, you got to find one more win to get to bowl eligibility. I mean, how many times we say that under under Dan Mullen, which everybody says is the best coach, or Jackie Sherrill, you're trying to get to, the, to six wins. Think about 2013. Yeah, I mean. Right before we end up going on to be number one in the country, if not for Nico Whitley. Or Damian and, Williams at Arkansas. Yeah. You're not going six and six. You're not going not to even getting into a bowl game that year. Um, so here's the thing. If you start to look at our schedule on the way out and kind of look where these teams are going to be mentally, Auburn's lost four games in a row. Where are they? I don't know. I, I just know they're playing for love, Bart. They're not playing because they're mad at you. It's well, all just brotherhood and good times. You do You do wonder where they are mentally because – Last night, they play Ole Miss. They lose 28-21. to 21. Their offense is going through some troubles right now, and that's, you know, like ours, like Arkansas. But they knew they knew that their head football coach had been the football coach at Ole Miss. They knew their head football coach had had a, let's just say, a um, an eventful departure from, from Oxford. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I mean, there was a little bit extra in that game last night. You're playing at six. It's a night game. It's a great weather game. They got a huge crowd. Now they've lost four in a row. And, hey, I've got some Auburn friends. I'm sorry, but I have some Auburn family as well. You know, and I talked to one of them last night about 11 o'clock, and he was like, you know what, I don't care anymore. And it kind of goes back to what you were talking about with players and kind of with fan bases of when you – you're not winning 10 or 9, 9 or 10 or whatever, you know, where, where are you mentally? And right now there's a lot of Auburn people over there that are just like him. They're saying, you know what, we've lost four in a row. Um, All right, so let's look past that, okay? you got Auburn, who's – you don't know where they're going to be. Then the following week you've got Kentucky coming in, you've got homecoming. You start to say, where is Kentucky going to be? Kentucky started off the season 5-0. and they get throttled by Georgia. They lose at home to Missouri. This week, actually they get, uh, yeah, they were off this week. Next week they have Tennessee, who's not a bad team, right? They're not great, but they're on the They're not going to beat Tennessee. No. And so now you have a season that felt promising, 5-0. and You come off an open date, you get throttled again. Now you've lost three in a row going on the road. So then you turn around the next week and you have to go to Texas A&M and you say, where is A&M going to be? A&M gets South Carolina this next weekend. That'll write the ship. They'll hang half a hundred on South Carolina, and A&M's offense isn't even that good. Then they got a big one. They've got Ole Miss on the fourth, right? And they've got to go to Oxford. Yeah, I mean, they're ready to throw in a towel right now on Jimbo. Just because they've lost what three? Yeah, so they have the, now they've won more in the league. They're two and two in the league, but they're four and three overall too. And so, if you assume, as I will, that they're going to beat South Carolina, get to five and three, go up to Ole Miss, get beat five and four, where's where are they going to be mentally? And then Southern Miss, we're past it. And Ole Miss, you know, they've got A and M. Then they have to go to Georgia, which will be an interesting game. 
hey, by the way, if you pull against Ole Miss getting to Atlanta like I do, that Alabama win yesterday was pretty important. Yeah, and that's a, to be honest with you, it's all I was thinking is, uh, and I'll be, you know, <laughs> just brass tacks here. I walked in, my dad was sitting there and saying, he's, he walked in, he's like, well, dadgum, Alabama was getting beat, and Tennessee was ahead. I walked back in, and now Alabama's ahead, dadgum it. I was like, you know, Dad, I understand, but there are greater issues here. <laughs> it's like somebody's complaining to me <laughs> about the officiating in Tuscaloosa. I was like, no, nah, I'm good. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, good. I'm, I'm fine with that. Had my turn with it. Well, um, but I say all that to say, at the end of this season, there are going to be some teams, obviously, at the top. There are going to be some who have the pride to get to the middle. And then there's going to be some who could have been middle and just mailed it in. To me, Arkansas is now a candidate for that. And South Carolina is a little bit of a candidate for that. All right, let me ask you this question. We talk about teams and coaches and um, do fan bases quit, do teams quit because they're not getting to that point. Yesterday in the postgame show, you were laughing at me because I was on the off, you know, Arkansas message boards. All right, and so they were having a poll yesterday of should Sam Pittman be the head coach in 2024. They're a happy brood. Oh man! And at that time, it was 328, you know, unique votes from the obscure people who don't don't put their name on anything, and only like 33 said, "Yeah, he's fine to be the head coach next year." Now, South Carolina last year won eight games in regular season. And right now, they're falling off the face of the earth. I mean, they are completely falling off. From an administration standpoint, I mean, what do you start to do? I mean, you start thinking about from a player quit, coaches quit. I, I said yesterday, and listen, I like Sam Pittman a lot. Everybody I've always talked, everybody I've talked to that has worked with Sam Pittman says this dude is a great guy. How can I help you raise money? How can I help, you know, be a bridge to the community. He's a he's a good dude. He's an old school football coach. But I said he, I I felt like yesterday he coached the second half like he had spent a weekend with Dan over the over the lake house and said, you know what, it's nice. Instead of uh, <laughs> instead of drawing up plays, he yeah, drawing up retirement. The, man. Yeah, that's right. Well, if you're an administrator right now, I think we're kind of at a dangerous spot in college sports. This is not particular to any one coach. The it's it's a little bit like life. We've lost the middle here. We it's um, I'm not trying to turn this into a greater societal lecture, right? But we have some people who are all positive, no matter what. We have some people who are going to be all negative, no matter what. But it feels like those poles are growing, and in the middle, there's a disenfranchised. I don't care anymore. Um, and so, but think about what it does to us financially. They're talking about getting rid of Jimbo Fisher at A&M. Seventy-some-odd million dollars to go away. And so, and then people want to say, well, it's crazy we're paying athletes. So it's crazy we can't get a tax deduction for buying tickets anymore. How on earth do you expect, I don't care how much oil money you've got, to look people in the eye and say, we've been respectful to your money and your resources, and we're about to pay $70 million to get rid of somebody. You know, it's this isn't monopoly money. It's real cash. And I just I don't know how you can structure things in the long term if the answer is win eight, win eight, win three, you're fired. Exactly. Because that's the whole thing. You know, Arkansas hadn't been 
terrible. You know what I'm saying? I mean, they're not good right now, but they haven't been terrible in years past. Where, Where's the tipping point? What is the tipping point going forward? Because there are some schools that really got behind the eight ball because they were paying so many coaches buyouts. Tennessee, at one time, was paying like three or four coaches buyouts. And so what does that do to you from a finance standpoint? And so going forward, you know, what are these court cases going to be like in California? What are these revenue sharings going to be? How are you going to look from a financial standpoint in two years when all of a sudden you may have to do some revenue sharing? I mean, going into rev share, there I guarantee you there's a lot of sweating going on in college sports right now when people who know the books of their athletic departments, they are sweating heavily because of money that is owed to fired people. Oh, man, and think about where you are if you're Ross Bjork. And for many reasons, I'm glad I'm not Ross Bjork and don't want to be associated with that. Anyway. If I couldn't look in the mirror, but go ahead. But so think about this. How do you look your fan base in the eyes and say, I've committed this much money? Because I think going forward, so getting kind of back to the thing, but if he's got to come, they've already tried to prop him up with Petrino, right? And now if you look at having to get rid of him and you've got $70 million. He, he is Petrino is Jimbo Fisher's neck brace. Go yes. Ahead. I digress. <laughs> but, you know, you've tried to prop it up, and, and I will say this. The boys out in Texas ain't going to be terribly happy with a 7-5 and five record, a 6-6 six and six record, particularly this deep into it when Kevin Sumlin, who you ran out of town, who you paid $9 million to leave, got just as good a results, if not better, than the guy you're paying. But in any event – I think going forward, it's going to be a very interesting time in college sports because if you are an administrator, it's almost like you can see yourself having to pay higher salaries with shorter terms, right? Meaning, can you imagine as an AD right now, like some of these schools want to lock in? Look at Michigan State and Mel Tucker. I mean, they had locked into that guy for 10 years. I mean, Brian Kelly's locked into a 10-year deal at, at LSU. I tell you, it's one of the reasons that I'm actually <laughs> – appreciative of the fact, you know, Mississippi has a law. You can only go so far. And people say, well, that puts us at a disadvantage. You know, Lou Holtz used to say, every time I got a lifetime contract, I got fired the next year. And so <laughs> you got to be careful. But in any event, enough of that. You know who gives you a good contract, though, Bart? Well, it's, um, I mean, I have a contract for life. It's not a signed contract, but I tell you this: my contract for life is when I buy a car, I'm going to buy it from Chris Keene at Cannon Ford. My word is my bond, Charlie. The handshake still works in the Gregory household. Cannon Ford of Starkville, they've got the body shop, they've got the service center. They're open now on Saturdays, Saturday mornings. If you want to get your tires rotated and get your oil changed, if you have anything, any little. A light that's popping on. You're trying to figure out what that light means. They'll run you through the diagnostic test. But, of course, new or used cars as well. Chris Keene and his fantastic staff at Cannon Ford of Starkville can hook you up. Is that okay? No, I'm uh, with you. Am I speaking too, too heavily right now? No, I'm with you. Um, okay, let's get back to Mississippi State a minute here. What, uh, what are you going to do offensively between now and next week? Well, baby steps, Charlie. Baby steps. I thought so we get to ten. <laughs> well, and and along those lines, and uh, we won the football game yesterday. And I know 
there there still is some frustration out there, and and understandably so, because we did not play well offensively yesterday. Man, that's an understatement. I thought um, if you look at Pro Football Focus, which we look at sometimes not as keen as we used to, that was our what our second worst graded blocking game yesterday. Yeah, it was pretty low. I think back then, let me ask you this, when we talk about how we played offensively yesterday, I'd heard the story when Mullen was out at Utah with Urban Meyer and those guys, some of the band he brought here with him. And it's halftime, Utah's winning, and Urban looks at Dan and says, if you throw the football, you're fired. And it's like, all right, we won't throw it as much. He said, no, 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 no. <laughs> if you throw it, period, you're fired. And it was one of those things of we're not going to beat ourselves. How much yesterday did we decide, I just wonder, we're we're going to keep this thing in beginner mode? Yes, I, I agree with that. I thought we did look like we were in beginner mode. And very – it's like Alabama in the second half or the fourth quarter here. You know, one of the reasons we did a pretty good job of holding them in the second half was because they were running you – know, We backup, shut them down in the third and fourth. <laughs> backup right guards running fullback dives. Um, I think that had to do something – had to, you know, do something uh, with it. But I will say this. Uh, I, as I was watching the game yesterday as a fan and – knowing that you got Mike right, and we had said this in the pregame show, is you're probably not going to see as much, and I hate the term, eye candy. And I saw it last night from Jesse Palmer about eye candy and about running sideline to sideline jet sweeps. Can when, we take? When we ran the first down play to Xavier Thomas and lost two yards on the wide receiver sweep, I threw the remote across the room. So you remember Dead Poet Society? You ever see that with Robert yeah. with Robin Williams and Robin Williams in the movie comes in and there's this passage at the front of their literature book and he has somebody start reading it and he says you know excrement you know so what I want you to do is rip that out of the book just rip it rip out. it and he's got this rip you know and that's why I got the uh, I got the picture and sent that around to some friends I said whatever part of the playbook has the jet sweep in it rip it out rip it out <laughs> rip. <laughs> it's a war, gentlemen. <laughs> Get rid of the play because uh, it don't work. It doesn't work. Yeah, so, you know, going back, I mean, I, I thought we were conservative, very conservative, and, um, you know, like a lot of people. You I'll, see us give it to Tulu out of the uh, – Now, that was a pretty cool play. back spot. And we faked it to – Xavion or Tulu one time, and then got it. To, I mean, it was a pretty cool little play. Can Remember I make Xavion player of the game, by the way? Think about this. The player of the game, Xavion Thomas. And that's for moving at the snap. Well, that's what I was going to say. The play of the game was the illegal procedure? Yes. <laughs> I mean, if you go back and you add it up, the biggest play of the game for us was Xavion not being set in time. Well, and, and you were laughing at me yesterday when I was playing the built for tough play of the game in the post-game show. Ford, of course, Cannon Ford, one of those Ford dealerships. And uh, I think we called for the last play of the game because we didn't have anything else. And I was like, you know, I, I don't know if they've got the, the clip saved of the illegal procedure and the ball rolling free, but the illegal procedure was actually the play of the game. It, I mean, it was. Hey, what about that punt return he had? Yeah. So he he catches it. He stands there a little while, gets an angle, reverses field, does all that, runs about a hundred yards to gain what twenty nine. 
you wonder almost, though, if that wasn't one of those, I'm tired of this. If there wasn't just, <laughs> you know, a lot of frustration in that punt return attempt of, like, we're not doing anything. I'm about to make something happen. It's here. like Tulu. Sooner or later, Tulu's going to go about nine yards deep in the end zone on the kickoff and say, to heck with it, I'm coming. <laughs> no, I wouldn't blame him. <laughs> well, it's always fun to talk about a win. And, uh, All right, players of the game, who you got? Well, players of the game, Buki Watson. Buki, 14 tackles yesterday, had some tackles for loss. I thought he was really, really good. Here's the thing that we did, and a lot of teams have – have had difficulties doing with K.J. Jefferson. When we got to him, we got him down. Uh, he didn't break a whole lot of tackles, didn't break free, and then throw a ball 30 yards down the field and kill us. Those are the ones that are backbreakers. We got there, made plays. We didn't miss a whole lot of tackles yesterday on defense, and that was a big, big key. Um, uh, I got Sean Preston in my list. Yeah, Sean Preston had a really good game yesterday. He had a big interception. He had a tackle for loss. He broke up a pass. I thought he played well. Jet Johnson played well. Um Corey Ellington played well. Well, I have to. I think you have to say it too because you know we scored when he was in there. Woody Marks. I mean, Woody Marks didn't play a whole lot in the second half. Didn't play a whole lot in the second quarter. He got hurt. It looked like a hamstring. I mean, that's what it kept on you know appearing. But on that drive, on that touchdown drive, he had a big run, had a big catch. Of course, he caught the touchdown pass. So it was that uh, fake to Woody, and then we threw it out to him in the flat. That was that play I was thinking about. It looked pretty cool. How about Bryce Pollock? We saw him out there a lot yesterday. Hey, let me tell you, getting the tackle There's a freshman with like out there. 40 seconds to go and instead of letting the receiver get out of bounds, making the tackle before he could get out of bounds in Arkansas was out of timeouts. That was a sure tackle right there by Pollock. And, you know, you start to wonder as you look forward, where are you going to find help in the secondary? That guy's started giving you some of that help. And we've now spent his red shirt, so he's – He's a player. Yep. I mean, he gets – And his, you had to. I mean, he made a difference. He gets his name on a chair in the in the, in the player's room. Yeah. You know, in the, in I mean, the, the DB room. We – we he helped us win that football game yesterday. Hey, I told you on uh, Friday on our deep dig, I had a chance to go down to Howard Computers, this past, Howard Technology Solutions this past week and spend some time with David Perkins and Rusty Toms and all the great sales staff down there in – I was uh, blown away, and we talk about this each and every week with Howard uh, Technology Solutions, howardcomputers.com, and you can see what all their business can do for your business. If you need a printer, if you need a copier, if you need you know a computer, if you need anything technology-wise, I mean, we use them here for some of our cabling for audio-visual. I mean, if you're looking to start a YouTube channel, trying to figure out a microphone, I mean, it's they can do anything really, and when you start thinking about you know security and putting up cameras and putting you know these thumbprint uh, entrances to your doors and your know, card swipes, I mean it's just crazy what they can do. So go to HowardComputers.com. You'll be amazed at how this Mississippi company can help your business. Well, Charlie, it's always fun to talk about wins and. Um, was it pretty? No, it wasn't pretty. But forevermore. But forevermore, we won at Arkansas yesterday. And now you start looking the next week. And now you start thinking, hey, you know, can you win at Auburn? Yeah, you can win at Auburn. Now, I think you're going to have to be better offensively than you were yesterday. I think you'll see a better defense than you saw yesterday, wouldn't you think? You will see a better defense. I'm glad we're playing Auburn in the day and not the night. Because, it, you know, the nighttime just brings out a little bit better. They may be a little bit emotionally spent 
after yesterday? Uh, they'll get a good tent revival going. They'll be okay. <laughs> I just watch their games, and any time he comes on, man, it just gives me the heebie-jeebies. He being Hugh Freeze. Yeah, I'm not the, I'm not the greatest fan, but you know. Hey, their defensive coordinator is Ron Roberts at Auburn. Remember Ron Roberts, who was a head coach at Delta State at one time? Yeah. Yeah, he's over there as a defensive coordinator. Hey, Delta State's throwing out the defensive coordinators. Pete Golding at Ole Miss, Ron Roberts down at Auburn. Maybe they should hire somebody from Delta State down at Southern Miss. All right, that's I'm getting out of here. Charlie enjoyed it. All right, so we're going to be back in the midweek. And uh, last week we talked with Marcus Grant during the midweek. I could almost do that again. Yeah, Marcus was – I enjoyed I that. I love listening to old basketball stories. And I got so many texts about that, about how, hey, we just love talking – you know, we love that conversation with Marcus because it was so candid. I mean, he sat down right here, and we just all just – it was almost like – I hadn't seen Marcus. It's been a few – well, well, I saw him at the golf course about a month and a half ago. And that was really the only time I'd seen him since he'd been back at Startwell. But you sit down, and that's that's the great thing about guys like Marcus. You know, all the stories come flooding back. I was listening to my, my podcast again, and I've got a lot of uh, you know, reviews <laughs> from the Sammy the Bull Our Thing podcast. You know, one was like, man, that, that guy is, is not filtered. Oh, no, 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 no. He's not, he's not for the faint of heart from a language standpoint. And people were like, man, I, I love that. I was listening to Sammy the Bull coming in this morning. And you know what I was thinking of as I was listening to Sammy the Bull this morning? Because he's got that heavy New York accent. We need to get Phil Silva on here sometime. Uh, okay. <laughs> Phil could tell some stories, and it would be like Sammy the Bull. We'd have to put the filter on no, all the we language. We would have to, yeah. Now, boy, you could get some good stories. You think back, boy, there are so many stories. I remember when I was a kid, I was working, and, well, I don't know if the statute of limitations is run on this one yet. Hearing those guys talk but about I did the- have to once tell an athletic director that he was not allowed into a football building. <laughs> when I was 14. <laughs> the true story Sorry, of the castration of the bowl. who you are. <laughs> oh, Strat still got that knife. Anyway, all right. Anything for the good of the cause? Yes. If, to hit the podcast topic one minute, uh, Gone South Season 3 is out, I'm told. Yeah, it's about a uh, serial killer in Laredo, Texas. I listened to the first episode there. It's on the Odyssey um, website or the podcast app or whatever. You can hear the first episode on Spotify. That's where I listen to all my podcasts. So I'm trying to finish out Sammy the Bull, our thing, before I hit on anything else. Uh, Fair enough. All right. We'll get together later this week. Yep. Once again, thanks to our good friends at Strange Brew Coffee House, strangebrewcoffeehouse.com, three locations, Startville, Tupelo, and Tuscaloosa. Hey, the one thing we haven't talked about, Charlie, before we get out of here, and how could we ever forget this? These are the people who are so good to us. Maroon and Company. Oh, ooh. Man. Ooh, that's a major infraction. Yes, because. Hey, this is big. You got, Look, online, in-store. So that actually brings me to a story. So, you know, a lot of times, like on the Bulldog Initiative, after a win, you want to have like a clever little fundraiser, right? You win a conference game and you think if you win, for example, 24 to 22 or 30 to 28, whatever it is, hey, donate $30.28, right? And you try to push it out, see what you can do. And now and then somebody will step up and do a higher multiple. 
Sometimes and, somebody will do three thousand eight hundred and twenty-two dollars. Yeah, and so, but like yesterday, I was uh, I got a message from somebody. He's like, "Hey, are you going to run with something?" I was like, "Nah, seven to three is tough. <laughs> it takes, <laughs> it's going to take a lot of seventy-three cent gifts, or even seven dollars and thirty, seven oh three, what have you." But what I did want to tell people is. If you want to celebrate that win, if you want to help, go to maroonandco.com. You can go to the store. You can go online. I've had a ton of people I tell me, hey, I went, and you're getting five bucks. And But what people don't understand is that $5 replicates, and it replicates, and it keeps going, and it makes a big difference. You can also round up while you're there. Actually, they it's a little bit different. Instead of rounding up there, you can just add an additional donation. Add a dollar, five. Yeah, exactly. And that's that's another story for another day as far as, like, going to places that arbitrarily don't do a whole lot about rounding up tips now. Everybody's asking for tips now. That's another story for another day. Well, at Maroon & Co., you make a tip. It's coming to the Bulldog Initiative, but you need. here's what you need to do for us. When you go, tell your friends, tell your family, tell your enemies. NIL10 is the code you use. You get a 10% discount. 5% is donated to the Bulldog Initiative. I'm telling you, man, Wyatt Craig, the guys at Maroon & Co., they're incredible. They, I mean, they are they're, they've been. They were an early adopter, but they are proactively seeking out ways to help support Mississippi State. And man, I'm uh, really fired up to be working with them. One year, we took Christmas pictures in August. We went out to Wildbriar, just south of town, out by the lake. Took some Christmas pictures. Had to get in a long sleeve shirt, put some blue jeans on, some boots on, and let me tell you, burnt completely up. I mean, just fried. And I'm like, what are we doing? What are we doing? We're taking Christmas pictures in August. And Jen was like, hey, listen, from a scheduling standpoint, from a time frame standpoint, I am getting ahead of the game. Today is October the 22nd. You've got two months until Christmas. If you want to go ahead and start knocking people off of your Christmas list, go ahead and go to maroonandco.com. You know it's going to get in. You know, within two months, it's going to be in your doorstep next week. And so you can just cross off that crazy cousin or the crazy uncle that you want to get that state script quarter zip for. Just go ahead and get it out of the way and make sure you use NIL 10. And I've had some more people reach out to me about that. So they may have started a trend. Yeah, everybody getting on the uh, the Christmas train here in the month of October. Hey, we got Pumpkin Palooza coming up in the next couple of weeks, don't we? Yeah, we do. Is that a Thursday night? It's a Thursday night downtown Startville. You know, we had um, Bulldog Bash here this weekend downtown, and that brought a number of people. Jason Derulo was here, and he had some, uh, well, let's just say some dancing that in some parts of the country might get you 6 to 10. Well, that's all right. Hey, man, I heard he was good, though. Um, hey, the thing about Pumpkin Palooza is they, they actually sell pumpkins at Pumpkin Palooza. Have I ever told you my pumpkin story? About five years ago, Christmas Day, we were talking about gardening for the coming year. And I was like, i tell you what we're going to do. We're going to grow some daggum pumpkins around this place because I'm, I'm tired of paying $200 to decorate my front porch with pumpkins. And so we started growing pumpkins. And so did you, do you know, have any? This year, the deer got them all. Uh-huh. The deer, and then they take just one bite out of them. Evidently, they weren't good tasting because the deer just ate one bite. So many years ago, I have a deck behind my house, right? You know, you got the little creed, right. little holes in your deck, right? The, the gaps between the boards. And so we had carved pumpkins, which I'm not prone to do. So some seeds slip through. And they go down the deck, and then the next year. They grow out. They, we had pumpkins growing underneath a deck. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, because they can grow in the shade. We used to grow. We would grow those Cinderella pumpkins, those flat ones that are really big and wide. Yeah, they're not real tall. The white polar bears. We grew a bunch of different kinds, and we grew like thirteen varieties this year. And the deer got every single one of them. Now you grew? Did you grow watermelons this year? I did grow watermelons this year. We ended up getting probably three hundred. Now here's the thing about watermelons: we're not the people. We Sims used to sell them to Vowell's Marketplace here in Startville. And that was his deal. You know, my dad would plant them, Sims would help pick them, and that was his money. You know, he's, he's, he could play with that. Well, you know, uh, Vowles is no longer here. And so what my dad does is pretty much gives them all away. So Sims has been squeezed out. He's been squeezed out of his money. Wells took him to Noxipater and sat on the corner over Noxipater across from Woody's one day. This is one Saturday about a month ago. And he sold $57. No, no, no. Yeah, $57. He was selling some of them for $2 a piece. And Wells finally asked, how much money we got? My dad was like, 57 He said, that's enough. <laughs> Let's pack it up and go to the house. <laughs> he, he lives a different life than Sims. All right. He didn't have to deal with the Knox Pater version of Sammy the Bull. No, hey, come, kid, you're on my corner. Yeah, I'm going to take my 2% for the contract. <laughs> anyway, hey, thanks again to our friends at Maroon & Company, maroonandco.com. They're in the Cotton Mill Marketplace right by Chick-fil-A next to campus. And, of course, the next game we play at home will be Kentucky that first weekend in November. And that's the throwback game that uh, interlocking MSU – Get your interlocking MSU logos apparel. Go to maroonandco.com backslash 90s MSU for that uh, apparel. And so Maroon and Company, Farm Bureau, you're in the, we're in the Farm Bureau studios here in downtown Starville. I ate my great country-pleasing sausage this morning. It was the first thing I did. I got jalapeno and cheddar this morning, and it was fantastic. Go to countrypleasing.com, and they'll ship it to you. Howard Technology Solutions, go to howardcomputers.com to see how they can help you in your audio-visual with your office. And Cannon Ford of Startville. Nobody beats a Cannon deal. Nobody. Once again, off. Uh, they're open on Saturday mornings now out at Cannon Ford, Highway 182, just east of Startville. So for Charlie Winfield, I'm Bart Gregory. Bulldogs win it yesterday, seven to three. This has been a victorious Sunday coffee.